The following sermon was delivered by Pastor Frank Griffith at Calvary Community Church in Brentwood, California. You'll find more information at calvarytruth.org. Today we're going to look at Romans chapter 5, the first 11 verses, where we see the happy consequences of justification by faith. And what we mean by that is, what are the blessings of being justified by faith? What Paul has done so far in this chapter, before he gets to sections we're looking at mostly, is he explained the need for justification in chapter 1, verse 18, through chapter 3, verse 20. And then he explained the way of justification. He, in fact, shows us what justification is and how that the law cannot produce it. The law can't make you righteous. It cannot make you acceptable to God, but Christ can. And so he explains how he does it and what the consequences are. He describes these happy consequences as if he's enlarging on what he's called the blessedness of those who God justifies. The whole paragraph here in verses 1 through 11 depends on the opening words of that section. Let me just read through these first 11 verses fairly short. This is what he says. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exult in the hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult, which means to rejoice, celebrate. We also exult in our tribulations, knowing that the tribulation, that tribulation brings about perseverance, the ability to continue on even when the pressure's on you. You continue doing what you know you should do. And perseverance produces proven character and proven character hope. And hope does not disappoint. This hope doesn't disappoint, rather. Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit. We could translate that the love of God has been gushed forth into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. He says, for while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, that is a man who does the right thing. Although, he says, perhaps for the good man, that is the man who treats you good, someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, that is, we were rebels, we were rebelling against God, at that time he sent Christ to die for us, much more than having been justified by his blood. And by his blood means his violent death under judgment. That's what that word, the blood, the shedding of his blood is talking about, the the horrible kind of death he died in order to pay for our sins. Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And so this is just the beginning of the Christian life. We are justified by faith, but the end of it is we will be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation that is being made right with God. We are reconciled to God. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. So that's the passage we're looking at, and it's where Paul is emphasizing the fact that we've been blessed with these wonderful blessings or consequences of justification by faith. He actually lists six of them. Let me tell you what they are. First of all, we have peace with God. This is, this is the first happy consequence of justification by faith that we see listed here. It's we have peace with God. And the second is, in verse 2, 
we are ensphered in grace. We have entered into this grace and we're ensphered in it, which means that basically it's a very powerful way of saying all of God's dealings with us are manifestations of grace, his unmerited favor towards us. He is going to treat us good because of his love for us. He's a God of grace. And then the third consequence is we exult in the hope of glory. And we'll explain that in a second. And then we exult in our tribulations, not only the hope of glory in the future, but we exult in our present tribulations, our hardships, our difficulties. We'll be saved from the wrath of God through him is the fifth consequence, verses 9 and 10. And then, but ultimately, verse 6, and most significantly, we are told we exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. That last point, the emphasis is this, we exult in God. Uh, John Piper, in his book, God is the Gospel, said this, The Bible teaches that the best and final gift of God's love, it is the enjoyment of God's beauty. One thing have I in the house of the Lord, the psalmist says, all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple that we gain Christ. I count everything as lost because of trouble. The best and final gift of the gospel is the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, Paul says, and count them as rubbish. That's garbage. It's a scubala is the word. It's hard to forget that word. Scubala means rubbish or garbage. And he says, I consider everything else to be like rubbish, like garbage in comparison with the blessing of knowing God, seeing his beauty and to be living in his presence and seeing him continually as the most beautiful person. Everything he does, everything he says, everything he accomplishes, it causes us to want to praise him and glorify him. This is the all-encompassing gift of God's love through the gospel, to see and savor the glory of God in the face of Christ forever. That is, when Christ shows up, we see the Father through him by his actions. We are called to see and savor the glory of God in the face of Christ forever. John Piper said, Does your happiness hang on seeing the cross of Christ as a witness of your worth or as a way to enjoy God's worth forever? In other words, is is the death of Christ about your worth or is it about God's worth? Is his love so glorious that he would send his son to die for us or is it that you're so glorious that God sent his son to die for you? And this is what some people say. I have a friend who wrote a book called Worth a Son, and inadvertently, it kind of caused some people to think he was talking about this, which he was not, that he's not talking about the death of Christ reveals our worth. It is the fact that God's worth is manifested in his deep, profound love for us and his willingness to send his son to take our place and to pay the penalty for our sin. There are 10,000 gifts that flow from the love of God. The gospel of Christ proclaims the news that he has purchased by his death 10,000 blessings for his bride. Imagine that. 10,000 blessings for his bride, which is the church of Jesus Christ, all believers. But none of these gifts will lead to final joy if they are not based upon the fact that they see the beauty of God. This is one of the greatest blessings in all of Christianity, in all of salvation, is the blessing of seeing the beauty of God in activity. And we enjoy him immensely because he's the gospel's greatest gift. It's the Lord Jesus Christ himself and the Father. 
Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 says, For God who said, Light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. God enjoys seeing the effect of people coming to have a deep and profound appreciation and love for the Father. They see his glory in his activity. This is the great blessing of the gospel and of justification by faith. And the blessing is God himself and his relationship with you. Life is a person, and his name is Jesus Christ, and he is the object of our faith. And so justification is by faith, and what we receive from it is the blessing who is God himself. Life is a person named Jesus Christ, not those things that you think are your life. Notice the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 22. When he was gone forth, when he had gone into this situation, he was absolutely astounded by what he saw, which was the living Christ. The rich young ruler there comes and he says, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says to him, Why do you call me good, since only God is good? In other words, are you saying that I am God? Which he is. The man kneels down and asks him, Good master, what shall I do? I've kept the law from the time I was a little boy. Because Jesus says to him, Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. But the man says, Master, all of these things I've observed from my youth. And then Jesus, beholding him, he looks at him. It means that he he took the time to really look into his face. And he says to him, You are telling the truth. You defraud not. You honor your father and your mother. But you lack one thing. And I'm sure the man's ears picked up. He caught that phrase that Jesus says, You lack one thing. And that one thing could only be overcome if you go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor. In other words, you must have the same kind of love that the father has. The man was quite sad. Beware and be on your guard, Jesus said, against every form of greed, for not even when one has an abundance does he have the glory of God. Jesus Christ is not all those things that you think are life. He is life. And if you have him, you have life. If you don't have him, you do not have life. The greatest blessing in all of life when you receive Christ by faith is Christ. You have received him. And that's why we call it receiving Christ. Have you received Christ? Because believing on Christ is receiving him as your Savior. And this is what he's talking about. So this is the great blessing of the gospel and of justification by faith. And so this is why our life is lived in such a way that we see that the most important thing is not what we possess, but it's the one who possesses us, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he says we should be careful that we don't begin to think that what what abundance really is is having a bunch of stuff. That isn't what abundance is. Abundance is having Christ. A person, if you meet a person who has Christ, you're meeting somebody who has an abundance, and that abundance is the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what God promises those who put their faith in him. He has given you true abundance, and that abundance is himself. He will always be that to you when you come to believe in him and receive him by faith. He will always be the greatest blessing in all of life is to have God the Father as your companion and God the Son as your Savior. And so we rejoice in him. And that's why he says we exult in him. That means this is the expression of our blessing. We are blessed beyond compare because we have the Lord Jesus Christ as our companion and we trust in him. And so that's a that's a blessing. As you read Romans, you ought to think about what a great, great blessing he is. 
far greater than we could ever imagine. And he's the possession of every single believer. We are told that in the life of every believer, we know that he has the possession of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit living in him. And this is what God has done for you. And so this is why we will never have a shortage of things to give him thanks for. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. Paul goes on to say when he cites that in Ephesians chapter 2, is that we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing, which is Christ. And he is the one that God has blessed us with by giving us his son. And so that's what we give thanks for today. Let's give thanks. Our Father, thank you for this great, great blessing of having Christ in our life. We thank you, Father, that he is abundance. We have him, and he is an abundance to us. And we thank you for his beauty and his glory and his wonder. And we do want to live our lives in such a way that people want to understand why is it we are so filled with joy? Why are we so filled with satisfaction? Why are we so filled with these things? It's because we have the Lord Jesus Christ, and his beauty is overwhelming, and we thank you for him in Jesus' name. Amen. To respond to this message or learn more, please visit calvarytruth.org.